right. Praise God. Well, let's get into the word today. Um, I'm going to preach on the right road and uh, how we want to always make sure that we're on the right road. You know, I think we used to get taught that, you know, we some, the, getting on the right road was a lot of effort on our part. We had to, you know, make sure we were, we used to say, uh, uh, talk, something about talking, talking right or acting right and spitting, spitting white. That was a admonition to not chew tobacco, I suppose. And then we find out there's a lot of worse things in this world than chewing tobacco, you know. Brother Hagen used to say, I'd just as soon have a church full of drinkers and smokers and cussers as to have a bunch of strife mongers. And people stirring up. You know, I've seen the folks that looked like they were, you know, they looked holiness. They had that holiness hair and uh, reaching heaven with their hair, Tower of Babel, praise the Lord. Uh, and, uh, you know, makeup all washed off and everything and hairy faces. That's for the women, praise God. Nairs of the devil. And uh, so... Um, you know, you thought, well, that's that's true holiness, but you know, holiness uh, has very little to do with behavior. It has to do; it does affect our behavior. Amen. Uh, Paul talks about it. It's not just an Old Testament idea, but you know, you can't become holy from the outside in. You have to do it from the inside out. And so, holiness starts with the move of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And that's why, well, you know, think, well, they're on the right road now because, you know, they're acting and walking and talking the way we want to see them. And that's not what we're talking about today when we say the right road. I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God, and there's sort of a homing device on the inside of us from the Holy Spirit that will lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, you know, we're going to see some scripture here in just a minute. But I just want to lay this foundation. And, uh, you know, sometimes we find ourselves, I'm sure everyone here could agree, you that are watching could agree, we find ourselves on a road, we think, well, what what on earth are we doing here? Or why why am I going through this? Or what is what is the Lord trying to say? Lord, what are you trying to do or show me? But always know that if you are a person of, of faith, You're a person the Holy Spirit dwells in. You're a person that loves God and worships God and follows the word. The Lord is not going to lead you astray. You know, Psalm 23, which we're going to look at here in a minute, one of the verses in Psalm 23 is, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so sometimes you feel like, Lord, you're, you're leading me, it looks like, into a dark place or through a dark place. But know this. Uh, what the psalmist said, yet I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You might be going through a dark time. You might be going through a rough spot. But know this, that no harm will come to you. Amen. And you just say, well, boy, I don't know. Lord, are you sure this is the right road? Are you sure this is the right way for me to go? And you feel like, yeah, this, I'm on, I'm on track. I don't feel a direction somewhere else. Am I making any sense at all? I don't have a direction, you know, uh, another way 
but uh, but but yet this seems so dark, and it seems the the canyon, the walls of the canyon seem so tight. I don't know if anybody here has ever been up to Chattanooga to uh, uh, Rock City. They say Sea Sea Rock City. Well, I I was there once or twice. That's plenty for a lifetime, but. Uh, but I remember there was a there was a little path you could go through the mountain, and there was this little tight spot that you had to turn sideways and squeeze through. And sometimes we feel like we're just squeezing through the the crevice in the rock and the tight place. But if you just keep shoving yourself and moving ahead and following the leading of the spirit, you'll end up in a wide place. You'll end up in a in in the gift shop. Praise the Lord. <laughs> they dump you out at the gift shop all the time. But, uh, uh, and you can buy, you know, a squirrel made out of uh, quartz crystals or something. But, um, you know, I'm telling you, if you'll just keep following on, uh, and, and pushing through with the Lord and following the shepherd, you can't go wrong. Then you'll look back at the path and say, oh, the Lord was leading me. The Lord was showing me which way to go. And, and boy, sometimes our lives end up, Scarlett and I say all the time, did you ever imagine, and then we'll fill in the blank, certain things that we've experienced and, and going through. And if, if, if the Lord would have shown it to you in advance, you would have said, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that or not, right? Or go through that. But when you realize there's always a blessing at the end of the path. There's always a wide place. There's always green pastures and still waters. Preach, Pastor. So don't freak out because you're stuck in the crevice. Amen. You're not really stuck. You can go through. So let's look at Psalm 23.3. Praise the Lord. And... uh Let's uh, look at, well, we'll start reading at verse 1. That's fine. The Lord is my shepherd. Aren't you glad the Lord's your shepherd? Not your third cousin. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And that's where we want to stay. We don't we want, we don't want to go to verse 4. Because that's the valley of the shadow of death. You think, oh, I don't know, I don't know, you know. But I'm telling you, you you come out at the end with a great blessing. I want to show you what it is. This is not just an expose on Psalm 23. It just happens to be our anchor scripture. Anyway, because boy, you could preach a year on Psalm 23. I mean, the whole gospel's there. Everything you needs in Psalm 23. If you had to get rid of the whole Bible except for one verse or one chapter, you could hold on to Psalm 23 and make it. He leadeth me beside the still water. So his goal or his vision for you is green pastures, still waters, peace, victory. Amen. Does that sound like a nice place? Green pastures and still waters. Amen. He restoreth my soul. He, which, make, which indicates that there's times your soul might need to be restored a little. Don't everybody shout on that. He leadeth me. 
through just horrible hell on earth, horrible experiences. No. He leadeth me, and then this is, this is our, one of our key texts today. I love this. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's leading me to a righteous place. He's leading me in, in a way that I stay right with the Lord. Amen. Now, let's keep reading because there's some more things here we need to understand about following the Lord and being on what I call the right road or the right path. And you say, well, how do I know I'm on the right road? And, you know, there's been mistakes made in our precious faith movement that we think that, well, if, it, if anything starts to go wrong, it means we're on the wrong road. We're, we're doing it wrong. Something's wrong. The something's wrong doctrine. Well, somebody said one time, there's only two times that the devil will attack you. When you're in the will of God and when you're out of the will of God. So, but there's this mentality that if something is, is gone a little wrong, that you, somehow you've missed it, somehow you're out of the will of God. You know, you don't have to have a tragedy to know that you're out of the will of God. If you're out of the will of God, you already know you are. Did you see, did you see that? You already know that you are out of the will of God. Your, your inner man will tell you. The Word of God will tell you. Common sense will tell you. Hey man, this isn't the path to be on. And you'll switch and get on the right path. Praise God. But you can't judge whether you're on the right path or not by if things are going good or if things are going bad. If you live, try to live like that, you'll be bouncing from pillar to post. Some people think the grass is greener somewhere else. Oftentimes they think that about church. Well, maybe if we change churches and go to one that's got more people or, you know, a a bigger smoke machine, the wall is painted blacker than the black wall we've got now, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's where we should be. Maybe we're not the, maybe we're not in the will of God. Maybe we're blah, 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 blah. I mean, I've heard that for my whole life. People bouncing off or we, we need to move to another city. Or we need to change houses. Or we need to whatever. And it's always going to be, it's going to be better over there. It's greener over there. Green, green acres. You know. Honey, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. You know, I mean. (laughs) But you you know, how many know that, uh, it's not always greener over yonder. It's not always better someplace else. It's not always brighter in something else. And if you not watch it, you're just always looking for the next answer, for the next bump, for the next something to happen. And uh, you just live in disappointment. I'm telling you, if the Lord's leading you to another church or another location or another place, He'll know it. He'll, he'll lead you. And it won't be because you're disappointed or offended or any of that stuff. You can't befriend disappointment. Don't befriend offense. Well, the pastor said something I disagree with. Well, what kind of pastor are you looking for? Pre-programmed one? You put the chip in and he burps out what you want to hear. You understand? And that's what a lot of people, well, I'll stay here until the pastor says something I disagree with. Well, good luck blasting one service. 
you know, because you know what pleases half the church upsets the other half and vice versa. So you can't, you know, you can't, a pastor can't preach based on, uh, well, who, who's going to like it and who's going to hate it. You have to preach according to the word of God. According to, I preach stuff that convicts me. You understand? I preach things. In fact, usually that's the case. I preach something that, that, you know, out of my overflow that maybe I'm dealing with or whatever. So, you know, we all, pastor down to the janitor, so to speak, we all have to submit to the will of God. We all, including the pastor, have to submit to the word of God. And sometimes it rubs us a little funky, you know, right? But so what? Somebody said, if the cat doesn't like the way it's being rubbed, that cat can turn around any minute, you know, anytime he wants to. Sometimes the Word of God rubs our fur the wrong way, but we can always turn around anytime we want to, amen, and get with the program. I know that's old-timey preaching, but I'll tell you, it works. And it's the only thing that will work. You can fight the Word and fight the the Spirit all you want, all day long, for forever, and still end up in the wrong place. Anyway, we're talking about being led on the path of righteousness. Amen. I want to stay there. How about you? Yeah. Yea, even though, saying really even though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Who's leading them through that valley of the shadow of death? The Lord is. Well, I don't know. That doesn't sound like victory to me. It is victory because you're following the Lord. And he's not going to lead you to a place where you're harmed. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me in the valley of the shadow of death. Is this helping anybody? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If I can know that the rod is there, if I know that his that means his authority, his authority, his power, his leadership. How many believe God knows the future? How many believe God sees what we can't see? You know, he's he's ahead of us. He's in front of us. And as long as we can follow his authority and his power and his wisdom. How many believe he's smarter than us? He's got more wisdom. He sees what we don't see. I don't know, Lord, if I'm going to follow you in there. It looks pretty precarious to me. Just keep following every day. Follow, follow, follow. What happens at the other side of the valley, the shadow of uh, the, the what? The valley of the shadow of death. What? Death valley. <laughs> what's on the other side of death valley? Los Angeles, that's what. But anyway, what's on the other side? <laughs> that used to be a blessing. I don't know what's happened. But anyway, uh, the, uh, what's on the other side of that valley? Of the shadow of death. What's on the other side of it? Well, destruction and horrible. No. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Woo! Praise the Lord. And we can say that is a spiritual statement. It doesn't have to necessarily mean 
other people that you would call your enemy, but it does mean the, the spiritual darkness, the, the wickedness in high places, the evil that's in the world, that's our enemies. The Bible says our enemies aren't people. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. Amen? And uh, uh, rulers of darkness in this world. And so that is what the table is prepared in their presence. They have to sit and watch you get blessed when it doesn't make sense that you should be. According, I've got to qualify that, according to the world standards, according to the Babylonian system, the Christians should not be blessed. And they don't like it when Christians are blessed. They like us better when we're broke and we're sick. That's when they really like us. Oh, look at the humility. Broken six does, does not equal humility. <laughs> humility is accepting what Jesus has done for us. That's humility. And we call it a blessing and then want to live in a curse so that the world likes us better. Amen. The, the, the world would rather see a church building with a patched roof than a new roof. Well, look how humble they are. They're willing to let the, the rain leak in and catch it with a bucket. That's, that's not the right spirit, folks. But that's the way the world thinks. You know, I mean, we used to have at the other location, we used to have people come and drop their used peed-on sofa, just to be frank, you know, about it, uh, right on the front door of the church and things. And say, well, the, the, here's my trash. The church will take it. Where does that vision come from? That's wrong. It should be the last place somebody would dump a piece of trash is on the church. Here's a lampshade with a hole in it. Thought the church could use it. That's the wrong spirit. And I'm telling you, it's in the world. But that's not what the Bible says. Not Psalm 23. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Don't everybody shout at once. Thou anointest my head with oil. That means that they're going to see the anointing of God on you. My cup runneth over. That means more than enough of everything. Surely poverty and pitifulness shall follow me all the days of my life. No, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. How many? All the days. If you live to be 105 on the first day of 105 should be a day of blessing. How many want one day without air, food, water, roof, transportation, clothing, the things that we need, amen, companionship, friendship, love? How many want one day without that? No. That's why, that's why it's wrong to think, well, just because a person is elderly in age that, that they shouldn't have a full life. No, as much as possible. Amen. The blessing of the Lord is for us as long as we're on this planet. Preach, pastor.
That's why it's wrong. Can I just be blunt here? That's why it's wrong. Some of these churches, I've heard about it. I know of a, of a guy that is a, is a masterful musician and a friend of our ministry who was told by a church that he couldn't play the organ anymore because he dated the, the platform. He made the platform look old. So he had to sit down, even though he's the most amazing guy you ever heard. And so, you know, you think, what kind of insanity is this? It's wrong, spirit. It's wrong. You know, the church is for everybody. Amen. Well, you know, some of these youth bands and stuff, they want us to bunny hop and have our ears bleed from the the noise of their music. And we're willing to do that if they're going to worship God and be in the church, fine. But then you got to turn around, and if we want to sing how great they are, they ought to be willing to stand there and sing it. I tell you, uh, David Ellis, our friend, you know, uh, he, uh, the younger David Ellis, <laughs> Leon Ellis's son, he was pastoring out in California, and he had, you know, had kind of a youthy band going, and they're blasting out their songs, talking about stuff. Nobody knows what it means, but we're tolerating it. And so he's there, and he decides to jump on the piano and lead us in How Great Thou Art. And uh, those same young people that were up, you know, with the drums and the guitars and everything, that's fine. Praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen? And there's not one style that's more anointed than another. Get over that. Amen? It might be one we like better than the other, but it doesn't mean one's anointing. The anointing is based on the heart, what's coming from the heart. Amen? I was in Pakistan, and they were playing music, Christian music, that sounded like snake charming to me. You know, it was, I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, we're going to have demons manifest. And I said, well, what is that song? They said, they're singing praise to the Lord. I said, okay, each his own, you know. Pakistani praise, dear Lord. But anyway, uh, you know, so it doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like praise to our ears, but it does to the Lord's. So we have to be careful that we don't get stuck. But on the other hand, you know, that same youth band, they were folding their arms and looking mad, singing How Great Thou Art. And David Ellis lost it, as only an Ellis can. If you've ever been around an Ellis that lost it, you want you want to clear the deck, because I'm telling you, there's no, all bets are off. But David lost it, and he said, now listen! <laughs> I stand here and bunny hop with you and all your songs. You can sing a verse of how great thou art. Now sing. And so he got back on the piano and they sang, you know, praise the Lord. But uh, you don't want to have to go to that, to the Ellis chew out. But uh, I've, I've been at the brunt of that with Vep. You know, he would be have you play a song, and if he didn't like the way you played, he said, is there anybody else that can play the piano? So if you had touchy feelings, you wouldn't want to be in one of his meetings if you were a musician, because he would just embarrass you. He'd say, can't you play better than that? You know, whatever. And, and bump you off and get somebody else. So praise the Lord. See, I'm nicer than that, aren't I? Praise God, you know. I'm going to act like that. Anyway... I guess if you write 650 songs, you can do what you want. And if you're not anointed to write a song, please back away from the sheet music and don't try. 
<laughs> Amen. Y'all get anything out of this? I love that. Follow me all the days of my life. Every day we should expect goodness and mercy. So we're sort of like in a little parade here. We've got Jesus out front leading us and where paths of righteousness, and even though sometimes through a dark place, but we're following along behind him. And guess what's chasing us on the backside? Goodness and mercy. You can't lose. You're the sandwich in the middle. Amen. You've got Jesus out front and goodness and mercy behind, and you're right cocooned in the middle, just resting on a hammock going through. If you'll do it, get off and freak out. And where are we going to live? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo! Don't everybody shout at once, getting a big Pentecostal fit. Psalm 37. Everybody with me still? Am I preaching too long? Psalm 37, 23, great verse. The steps of a good or righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, anybody here ever tripped and fallen during your walk with the Lord? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Amen. I believe that. I declare all the time my steps are ordered of the Lord. You know, it's just good to be at the right place at the right time, on the right path. And you, you should uh, start confessing this if you're not already every day. Just say, my steps are ordered of the Lord today. And where I go, the Lord goes before me. And remember what's chasing you down, goodness and mercy. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of confessions that they make that are horrible. If they could see the damage it's doing, they'd shut up. But people talk about, well, I just can't win for losing. Seems like I try to get ahead and about the time I do, something else comes along and knocks me back down. People talk like this. Did you know that? Are you living under a rock and you don't know this? But uh, people talk like that. Seems like anything I try blows up in my face. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, you, why don't you just, like that one fellow I told you showed up one time and he said, well, I'll be damned. And I told him one time, I said, you know, if you keep saying that, you're going to be. Stop saying, I'll be damned, and say, I'll be blessed. If you have to say anything, say, well, I'll be blessed, not I'll be damned. Damned is not good, folks. That means condemned. <laughs> damned means condemned. You know, you wouldn't catch people say, well, I'll be condemned, but they'll say, I'll be damned. You ever heard anybody talk like that, cuss like that? Well, it's not good. Well, you know, most Christians, especially evangelical, full gospel Christians, they would never talk like that, but yet they do all the time and don't realize it. 
Well, I just, I tell you, I just get sick. Anything comes around, I just seem to get it. I don't know, you know, if, if, if there's a germ in the air, I, it's going to come into my house and, and you know, we just, we just get over one thing and the next thing hits us. This is the, I've heard church of God, spirit filled, tongue talking, you know, neck jerking. Praise the Lord. Pentecostals talk like that. And they think that's fine. And if somebody came up and said, well, I'll be damned, they'd go, ooh, that's bad talk. Don't, don't use that word around me. I'm a, a saint. Yeah, but you're saying the same thing by speaking sickness on yourself or poverty. I just can't seem to get ahead no matter what we do. I mean, we you know we thought we were out of debt and then this other thing hit us. Doesn't matter what words are. That's the attitude of failure, defeat. Can't get ahead. I can't. I can't. I can't. You should get the word can't out of your vocabulary. Well, I can't seem to get over this. I can't seem to make any headway. I can't seem to get ahead. I can't seem to know. Nobody likes me. Well, no, no, nobody does like you because you're talking like an idiot. Can I just be that blunt? In light of what we know that Christ has done for us. Sure, if we're out here on our own, bumping along, sure. But we're not on our own. And we're not bumping along. We're walking in paths of righteousness. Our steps are order of the Lord. God's taken us to a wide place. The Bible talks about to a prosperous place. A place of blessing. Well, brother David, I already feel blessed. Well, he's going to increase it for you. Because maybe he's called you to do something wonderful. And you need more resources to do that. Or whatever. <laughs> ah! You like that verse? Steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. That's what you need to be confessing. So, well, I'm not used to saying that. Well, get used to it. Grow a little bit. Amen? How many know you're never too old to grow? You're never too old to learn. You're never too old to correct and to upgrade and to improve. Sometimes you have to correct yourself. The Bible says if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. You ever had to judge yourself? Say, this is the wrong attitude. This is the wrong thing to think. It's the wrong thing to say. Well, it's just how I feel. I just want to be open. Well, <laughs> maybe you need to close. <laughs> right? Well, I'm just being honest, brother. Well, according to what? Circumstances or the word? I don't know. I think the older I get, the more of a cranky old word person I become. Amen. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about sickness? What does the Bible say about poverty? What does the Bible say about discouragement? What does the Bible say about our paths and our way? Amen. If you go there, you, you won't keep saying these cursed things. Well, I've turned it into confession sermon, but you can't hardly preach without going there. Why am I preaching at all? Well, I'm trying to get folks to agree that the Bible is so. 
Well, it don't feel so. Yeah, well, find feel so in the Bible. It's not in there. You think Jesus felt like going to the cross? You think that, you know, Moses felt like holding his rod over the... As I said, you know, he's got his... He says, well, what you need to do is hold the rod over the water. I don't know if they thought he was going to go fishing or what. Is it a rod and reel or just a rod? It's maybe one of those bamboo-looking ones, you know. Cane pole, they call it. If you're from South Georgia, you know what that is. The cane pole. I didn't like those because I wanted the, when I cast, I wanted the, the automatic Zedco hit the button thing. <laughs> you won't find Zebco in the Bible. All right. Proverbs, where are we? 8, 20. Uh, let's read some, 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 a few verses here because this is, gives us a vision of our destination. Amen. A vision of our destination. How many like to know when you're going to go on a road trip, you want to know where your destination is? Now we have GPS, and so we put it in there, the address. You could put it in an address in Montana, and the thing would tell you every road and turn to make. All right. Uh, Proverbs 8.20. I lead in the way of unholiness. God's going to lead you down and where you mess up and... Can't get back. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. Wow. And I will fill their treasures. Amen. Now, let's look at that in the Amplified. Because it, it, it gives us a little, little more, you know, it's just clearer, more clear. That I may cause those who love me, well, let's go back to verse 20. I, wisdom capital W, what do you mean, what do you think the capital means? That's talking about the Lord. You see a capital letter, for a name in the Bible is talking about God. God is love. How many know that? God is love. What else is God? Well, he's wisdom. You can't get any more wisdom than God himself. He is wisdom personified. That's what that means. Wisdom personified by the Father. Amen? I, wisdom, walk in the way of righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation in the middle of the paths of justice. Did you know people, uh, these, these, the prophet of the week club, you gotta be careful with some of these people, but you know, there's a, there's a new prophet every five minutes. And they get on Facebook and wherever now and they prophesy what's gonna happen. And uh, one of the big prophecies that people love is judgment, you know, the judgment. God's in, God's judging everybody. He's sick of uh, all the bad stuff happening. And you know, I heard one preacher say, when the sin gets up here, 
and it's a stench in God's nostrils, he has no choice but to pull the plug and, you know, kill off a few people. But that is not good New Testament doctrine. All the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. Amen. If God wanted to wipe out the earth, he had his chance with Noah and his group. They could have just sucked up that ark into heaven and that would have been the end of the story. But he didn't. Amen. Because he's merciful and he's long-suffering. All right. Let's not shout too loud. But, boy, it seems like some parts of the church love the judgment prophecies. Yeah, that's right, Lord. Get all the sinners. Did you know that 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 Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, even though they were just in the grossest of sin, the most horrible situation? And Abraham didn't say when God said, I'm going to wipe them out. If Abraham would have been a member of certain churches, he would have said, absolutely, let me help you. Can I have one of those flamethrowers, you know? I'll help you torch them. And uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where the worst neighborhoods are, so you can start with them first. But um, he didn't. He interceded. He said, "You know, will the Lord not do the right thing?" Per adventure, there's fifty. You know, on and on. Righteous. He went down to ten, and he stopped. And he, you know, like Brother Hagen said, I think he could have said for Lot and his family, and the Lord would have answered it. But he stopped at ten. They couldn't even find ten. That's a bad place, ain't it? And so judgment was poured out. But you know, you know, I love this, that in the middle of the paths of justice, the Lord's going to do all these things. Amen. So if you do see judgment coming on the world, you shouldn't get in fear. You should say, I'm, I'm on the path with the Lord in righteousness. Amen. All right. Let's go to verse 21, Amplified. That I may cause those who love me to inherit true riches and that I may fill their treasuries. Amen. So, what should you expect walking with the Lord? Blessing? Yes. Now see, this Calvinistic view of the Lord is is really a, a little strange of, well, you never know what to expect. You know, he might bless you, he might curse you, but you got to worship him anyway. That's That's what we've been taught. But that's not what the scripture says. It says that we can expect, even if we walk through a hard place, even if we go through a dark time, we can expect blessing at Amen. We can expect tables set in front of our enemies. We can expect our treasuries to be filled. We can expect blessing. And people will rejoice. The real Christians, the real believers, the real faith people, they'll rejoice when blessing comes your way. They'll be glad for you. They'll say, look at the great things the Lord has done for them. Let us rejoice and be glad. Amen. And they shout louder than the sour, sour grape committee. That's not, never happy for you. You ever notice some people never come around until something really bad happens? And I've often wondered about that. Well, you know, they just, well, they don't, they want to come around when 
you know, to try to be a comfort. Well, how come they're not around when things are going good? Why do they just show up when it's bad? And say, well, they're my real friends. Uh, be careful. They might not be. They might enjoy watching you go down the tubes. You have to be careful with that. Amen? We want we want to be balanced. The Bible says we weep with those that weep, but the same people rejoice when it's time to rejoice. Amen. If you can't, if you can't rejoice with me when things are going well, don't come around weeping when it's bad because I don't trust it back then. Amen. All right. Praise God. Has this helped you, helped you at all today? Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. We're blessed. Amen. Amen. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, a new creature in Him. Amen. My paths are ordered of the Lord. I'm walking with the Lord in the light of His Word. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for light, for direction, for fulfillment, and all these blessings that you've given us in the Word. We receive that and look forward to that in Jesus' name. Lord, we just lift up those today who are watching by Internet. Lord, we lift them up that um, you'll touch their bodies if they need a healing. Uh, all those that we've prayed for earlier uh, uh, today. And, Lord, we, are, are, we have a church member, Brother Tim, who uh, understands in the hospital and is getting out tomorrow. But uh, we just got news of that recently. But, Lord, I thank you for touching him and and healing him, whatever the thing is. Uh, others that are watching by Internet, if you need a healing, just reach out. You can touch your screen as a point of contact. Amen. And say, I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power, for your miracle working power. We believe in that. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. We give you all the glory, all the honor. And all the praise in Jesus' name, amen.